Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host who put the nut in health nut, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I am your host, William Mitchell. Last week, I started with a very simple question of why do I eat well all day and then wake up in the middle of the night and eat everything in sight and blow my diet? And it seemed like a very simple, straightforward, cut and dried thing. And last week we looked at the effect that blood sugar had, whether you've got spikes in blood sugar or crashes in blood sugar. But as I kept researching this, you've heard of people going down a rabbit hole on the internet. Well, I think this is journey to the center of the earth rabbit hole because I found a lot more information about our diet effectiveness and what we can do to increase the effectiveness of our diet, especially if you're one of those people who is attempting to lose a little bit of weight. This week, we're going to look at, does it really matter when you eat what you eat? In a perfect world, And in a lot of studies you'll see, in a lot of articles you'll see, it says, you know, a calorie is a calorie. And a calorie is a very well-defined unit of energy. And once it gets in your body, a calorie will do one calorie's worth of work. And that's just the way it's designed. However, our bodies are not science labs. All of this activity is not taking place in laboratory glassware and calorimeters. It's taking place inside of a living human being. So we've got to look at the factors that affect the way our calories are produced and the fact and the way they are used. There's three basic ways that calories are burned in the body. First one is your basal metabolic rate. The basal metabolic rate is the number of calories you burn just to stay alive. And that's affected by a lot of different things. Your age, your gender, the amount of muscle mass you have, how much you exercise. Um, All of those things produce a greater or lower basal metabolic rate. After you've got the basal metabolic rate, then on top of that, you have your activity level. Do you sit a lot? Do you move a lot? Every little movement counts. We talked about, I think it was in episode 24, an overlooked way to burn calories, that even chewing gum could burn significant calories and lead to weight loss. So you've got your activity calories. And one that's often overlooked is the thermic effect of food. And all that means is how much energy does it take to break down what you ate and turn it into something usable for your body. And it turns out it kind of depends on what you eat. If you eat more plant-based carbohydrates, you know, that have the fiber in them and more protein, then they're harder to digest. So it's going to take a little bit more energy to digest them. And and your thermic effect of food, it's pretty variable. It counts accounts for between 5% and 30% of all the calories you eat. So if you increase the thermic effect of food, you could conceivably eat more food and still not gain weight or you could eat the same amount of food and start to lose weight so the thermic effect of food is a biggie but what can you do to increase the thermic effect of food well one is what you eat and we'll concentrate on that more on another episode but another thing is when you eat it a march 2020 study in the journal of clinical endocrinology and metabolism found that dietary thermogenesis is two and a half times higher after breakfast than it is after dinner if the two meals were identical. Interestingly enough, the blood glucose spikes, talked about those last week, are less after breakfast than after dinner. After a high-calorie dinner, 
the blood insulin levels were 40% higher than it was after the exact same foods eaten at breakfast. Now, as we talked about last week, insulin clears the blood glucose. It either stores it in your cells, it lets your cells burn it, or it converts it to fat. Some things to think about with that. If you ate dinner and it gives you a higher blood glucose spike and 40% more insulin, but you're probably not going to be burning that many calories in the evening, where's that going to go? And for most of us, it's going to go to fat. However, if you were somebody that you've really been working on your diet and you're eating a low, low calorie and low carb diet and you've carb starved your carb starved yourself all day, your cells are craving carbohydrates. And when the little uh, gates open up and let the glucose in, they grab up all the glucose they can and store it as glycogen. And that would cause your blood glucose levels to drop like a stone. And when you have a blood glucose, God, I can't say that, a blood glucose crash, then you're going to be up in the middle of the night scouring through the cabinets looking for whatever food you can find. Now, a 2019 study found that eating greater than 50% of your calories after 3 p.m. is predictive of you having trouble losing weight. Eating later in the evening produced a cortisol profile, and cortisol is a stress hormone, like being chronically stressed. Now, cortisol helps you store fat around your organs. It's very bad for you, and it can cause insulin resistance and help you you become a type 2 diabetic. If you eat within two hours of going to bed, you have a five times greater risk of being overweight than someone who doesn't. And if you eat within two hours after waking up, it decreases your obesity risk by 50%. Now, there is a little catch to that. Your body is designed to go without food for a period of time. And that would be logical because our ancestors didn't have refrigerators. We couldn't just go pop some popcorn in the microwave. They had to go out and get food. So it was a period of time that they didn't have food as much food available so we went without food now i'd like to say i'm not making a statement for against like intermittent fasting or anything we can do another program on that but your body seems to need about 12 to 18 hours um give or take a little bit of calorie restriction so when you're going to eat you kind of need to do it to fit your biological clock or the your internal clock that tells you when you should and shouldn't eat so to make all this fit and another thing is if you don't get enough sleep we'll discuss this next week but if you don't get enough sleep your diet shot anyway because everything falls apart with lack of sleep however if you let's say you are getting enough sleep we're going to say that the time you naturally go to bed and hopefully that's a fairly set time is hour zero you should have your breakfast about hour nine, and that should be comprised of some type of vegetables, whole grains, and about 30 grams of protein. It's kind of a fun fact. The thing that produced the highest blood sugar spike in their breakfast trials um, was cornflakes, and cornflakes was designed by Mr. Kellogg to be a healthy diet um, for breakfast, you know, to eat, eat a bowl of cornflakes, and that was a healthy replacement for 
meat for breakfast. I just thought that was kind of ironic that it's probably one of the worst things you can eat and it was meant to be a healthy thing. However, back to my our timeline. You should also eat lunch before hour number 15 or at or before hour number 15. And breakfast and lunch together should be really close to 50% of the calories that you're going to eat in the day. Your dinner should be before hour 21, and the easy way to figure that out is you need to eat at least three hours before you go to bed, and that should be your smallest meal of the day. And if you really want to kick things into high gear and help your body out, when you get finished with your dinner, go for a 15-minute leisurely walk. It doesn't have to be speed walking, but go for a leisurely walk, and that will decrease your blood sugar spike by about 50% by getting those glucose receptors out and letting your body take in the the blood glucose so you don't have the spike in glucose and you don't have the spike in insulin. So not only does it matter what you eat and how much you eat, it matters when you eat it. So if you can get some consistency in your life, you've got a, a certain bedtime, you can get a certain breakfast time, And stick with the biological clock that your body has, and we're going to talk more about that hopefully in next week's episode, then then not only should your late night binges be cut, but your weight loss uh, efforts should be much more successful. And I hope that will help make your fitness funner, and you can join us here next week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.